Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. It is myself, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins breaking down the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We recorded this on Tuesday afternoon, so we recap night one, give our thoughts on those series. We preview night two, the rest of the series. I'm recording this on Wednesday morning right after the triple OT game between the Penguins and the Rangers. The Capitals steal one from the Panthers. Are they in trouble? Colorado absolutely thumps Nashville in that first game. They look like an absolute wagon. And the Flames grind out a victory over the Stars. But we give our thoughts on everything. This one was a lot of fun to record. Let us know what you think. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, but enjoy the playoffs. Enjoy the weekend. Here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, the still untitled Bullpen Card Hockey Podcast. Presented by Thunderblogsports.com, part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. Go subscribe, all that good stuff. We are back talking about some hockey. We had a little bit of a hiatus because our lives have been very busy with various different things. But we are here. The NHL playoffs are underway. Night one, we will talk about it. Night two, with the second half of all the first round series, is a couple hours away. But we wanted to get our predictions out there. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always... The man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Um, not that, Jordy. Just got back from a trip out west to Yosemite National Park um, and also getting over COVID from two to three weeks ago. So, Oh, man. It's been a pretty pretty eventful uh, couple of months or a couple of weeks, I should say. Uh, work's getting wild, but honestly, um, best time of the year, you got – Baseball, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, you had the draft for the NFL. This is, I know everyone talks about the fall, but this is my favorite, uh, for sure, favorite time. Yeah, it's always a a lot of fun. You mentioned with opening day and just baseball really feeling like it's on some sort of high acceleration after the lockout. And the NHL playoffs getting a little bit of a delay, so they're starting in May instead of the middle of April. So we got extra hockey, or at least feels like extra hockey. And, you know, basketball playoffs, where you Get the PGA in a couple weeks for the golf season, but we got to introduce Mark. Mr. Mark Higgins, what's going on, brother? What's up, boys? Good to be back. It's been too long. It has been too um, long. Yeah, best, like you guys said, best time of the year. Days are getting longer now. Um, you know, there's always something to do. Go outside, go back in, watch hockey. I'm playing hockey a couple nights a week, so uh, ready to dive into it and, uh, you know, give our predictions. Oh, yeah. So we mentioned it. Night one last night, we had four series kickoff. The other four kickoff tonight on Wednesday night. You'll know the results of these by the time you're listening to it. We're going to go in chronological order of the games from last night and then into the new series that start today. So we're going to start talking about those games, then giving our predictions. And if our before the series predictions are still going to hold up, a few of my picks went the exact opposite way in all the boring games. That being said, let's start with the first game. Your Boston Bruins playing the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes winning the Metropolitan Division. Absolutely rolling through that 
I guess it's also worth noting this is the first time I think ever in a that a whole conference has had all 100 point teams which is the Capitals being the technically eighth seed the second wild card at 100 points exactly which is pretty awesome to see but let's talk about Bruins Canes the Bruins lose last night 5-1 Greg I'll start with you how are you feeling going into the series how do you feel after game one talk to me yeah real quick um is this because they they the NHL has changed the schedule just like the MLB is doing next year where they <clears throat> are playing every team X amount of games rather than playing their own division a bunch? No, they went back to the original – or not original, but what they had done pre-COVID of playing every team in the league twice, which they had done before. They changed that probably 10, 15 years ago. And I think it's every divisional team four times and every – in-conference team three times. I think with Seattle being in the West, it's now uniform across the league. Okay, yeah, because I feel like this is going to happen in, in Major League Baseball now that they're switching to a schedule of, you know, playing every team twice, You know, no longer best teams in the same division, ALEs beating up on each other all year. They get to beat up on everyone else. So I feel like the Eastern Conference is the perfect example of that, you know, just all these teams beating up on the lesser-than teams. Um Carol going into the series, Jordy not wasn't feeling great. Carolina um, outscored the Bruins an absurd pace, uh, something like 15, 17, 18 to two uh, in the regular season. So I wasn't that um, confident. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't that confident going in. However, uh, I figured, oh, Frederick Anderson. Dominant regular season, you know, one of the best goalies in terms of save percentage uh, this year. Hurt for the first couple of games. Maybe they'll steal one on the road, come back, win at home, maybe get a 3-1 lead before Anderson comes back or even something. But uh, that just didn't happen in game one. It was the opposite. It was perfect Carolina game. They let the Bruins uh, get some confidence early in terms of shots and controlling the play. However, no goals were let up because that's how Carolina does. They packed the middle and then uh, countered, 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 and eventually broke the broke the ice in the Bruins and, and floodgates open five to one final. So classic Carolina Hurricane game. Um, uh, a little nervous now that they won with their backup goalie. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I think I don't know. We just do, we don't match up well against them. Their style of play, and like I don't know. I don't like our defensemen like our our fifth and sixth D just get worked back there um and like I thought Bergeron looks slow Marshawn doesn't look like the same player he was earlier in the year and we need those guys to step up Pashnak's a ghost out there if he's not scoring he's not he's just turning the puck over uh, we don't match up well against them I mean they just wait 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 and then they're so disciplined and they'll just they, they capitalize on their opportunities we don't have that like Timmy Thomas guy who will just stand back there on his head and make crazy saves uh, it's going to be a really, it's going to be a miracle if we can beat them. I mean, they, they're giving us payback. We've beaten them the last two times we played them in the in the playoffs. They're older now. Um, it's not looking good. Yeah, and the and the the guys who had the two best games were Taylor Hall and Jake DeBrus, the, the arguably the two fast, yeah, yeah the two fastest that. guys on the team. Exactly. Sorry, guy. Yeah. So your point about Bergeron and Marshawn looking slow is. Huge because like you said, the Bruins rely on them so much. And if they're not if they're not going and they aren't gonna do well against a team like this, then it's gonna be a long series. Or a short one, I should say. <laughs> yeah. 
Jerry, yeah. you watched the game. You, as an outsider, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I came into it kind of thinking the same thing. Freddie Anderson's track record, not so great in the playoffs. It was Ronta's first ever start, same with Swayman. And it's like the fifth time in, I think, the last like 30 years that you've had two guys making their playoff debuts at the same time. Um, he's s- second all-time in Hurricanes history for saves in his first playoff start. The highest being, um, I think, Kevin Weeks of analyst fame for for them in uh, some early 2000s playoff run. But yeah, going into the game and into the series, I kind of thought, you know, they have a really good goalie. They pretty solid defensemen that play good offense and obviously a really high-scoring pace, but figured the Bruins play a little more physical hockey. They might slow them down a little bit. This might be a really interesting series. And you kind of saw the opposite. You talked about it a little bit. The Bruins were moving a little slow. The Hurricanes, I think, out hit him in this game. And I, watching it, though, you know, the Bruins were out shooting him, like you mentioned. And you kind of thought, like, oh, this is going to be a really low-scoring game. It might only take one. The Hurricanes go up 2 nothing, Then it's 2-1 going into the third. And the Bruins made some serious pushes. So it was a really exciting game. And then the, the Hurricanes just pulled away. So it was fun to watch. I had it on the other screen because we had the Sixers game on. But it was really... It was a good game, and I, you know, I picked the Hurricanes in seven. I think they're they're the better team. I don't know if I would change that. I think the Bruins can potentially steal one. Maybe see if there's a come down for Ronta in game two because Freddie Anderson is out. Apparently, he was not in the morning skate today. So we'll see what happens in game two. It is just getting those top guys going though, because you, you guys mentioned it. Of you know, Taylor Hall scored the only goal. Pasternak, I think, was the one who or no, it was Bergeron scored the only goal in Taylor Hall. No, Taylor Hall last night, but I think it was Bergeron scored the only goal in the regular season against him. Um, and then yeah, they had two goals. I think it's now. I think the the split is now like twenty six to two between the four games played, including the playoff game. But um, yikes. But yeah, like Marshawn last night was like minus three. I feel like that's an uncharacteristic night from him. So you you expect a bounce back. So I, I'm really interested in seeing this game. You you don't think so? I'm I'm interested in seeing game two because this could be a really fun series if they can turn it around. Not from Marshawn. He's had, like, one goal in his last 13 games. Is he still banged like, up? What's the deal with that? To end the season. Something's wrong. He's not – he does not look like him. Because he missed a bunch of time in the middle of the season, right? Uh, towards towards – yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Third of the way through. Oh, he got suspended, too. Yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because Carolina has – been consistently good for the last four years and guess what they did they they had the most points in franchise history ever um for for them this year so they turned around and and only got better and adding domi at the deadline shores up that third fourth whatever wherever he's playing d'angelo is a better version of dougie hamilton uh, you know they just got better and, and the bruins are a team that likes to limit shots shots from other teams you know they play a defensive style as well um, but the difference is that Carolina is better at it. <laughs> you know, that, that's really it. And, and if you're a defensive team, you can't play from, a, from behind really. And the Bruins thought they'd found something, um, you know, mixing up and putting Hall with Pasternak and blah, blah, blah. And you know, you see this every year with Pasternak in the playoffs. He sort of, <clears throat> as soon as the game gets physical and as soon as the game gets, um, you know that that playoff intensity can't do what he does. You know he, he's he's a guy that likes to shifty and and likes to set up in his spots. And when teams get physical on him, he can't do that. And 
the playoffs, it happens all the time every year. Um, but he always has had Bergeron and Marshawn to carry him, and now he doesn't have it. So it'll be interesting to see. Hampus Lindholm really disappointed me last night, the big trade the Bruins had, uh, defenseman. Him and McAvoy, I feel like, should really? be split up. I thought Lindholm looked pretty pretty good. He's making all the smart plays. He's not really an offensive guy. I mean, I thought he was making good defensive plays like behind his own net, smart passes. Yeah, I so I guess I guess I guess I, I guess I'll mend it as more of I don't think that him and McAvoy should be this part pair. You know, I think Grizzlick and Carlo got exposed last night. Yeah, uh, especially on that pinch that Grizzlick did have. And I think if you pair, if you switch them right, pair Grizzlick with Lindholm, maybe that'll help. Uh, and and Carlo with McAvoy, but I don't I don't. They're too good. They're both too good. I know it's an unbelievable first deep pairing, and you play them as much as possible. But I feel like I don't know. I, I, you I, just... I think you're right because they Carolina gets a change, like they get to dictate the matchups, and I think we put them together to try to stop that Aho Shvestikov line. I think right. we should pair them together at home so we can just shut those guys down. But yeah, on the road where they can just put whatever line out they want, we should split them up. I thought Sverestikov was the best player on the ice last night. I mean, besides Ajo, but he, that, I didn't know that guy was such a beast, like six, oh, two, 200 pounds. I thought he was like a skinny, I thought he was a skinny, tiny Russian, but he's, he's like a man now. I mean, he's second overall pick like a 2018, I guess he's, I didn't know he was that good, not physical. And, yeah. and the famous, the famous video of you think about him all the time is him getting dummied by Ovechkin in front of the net, like on that dirty punch, right? Well, that right. and his lacrosse goal. Right. Well, it's frustrating because they looked like the best team in the first period. And then as soon as they that goal, it just sort of the wheels fell off and it almost looked like, okay, they're just, they've lost it. You know, um, how about our power play breakout? Just horrendous. Just the power play in general. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'll say is Carolina has the number one PK rated, but you're right. It did not look good. And that the Bruins need that, especially if they're going to put all their talent on one line to, to that. Um, Jordy, give us a little Carolina, since Mark and I are talking negatively about the Bruins, give us a little Carolina positivity here. Well, yeah, you mentioned it. Carolina's uh, offense, or Carolina's PK is top in the league, shut it down, and Ronta played incredible last night, I feel like. He just really stood on his head in how well he was doing. I mean, he faced, we mentioned a bunch, how many, however many shots, and, you know, so early on. So, you know, they've, they've looked really good. I mean, they have a ton of guys that just put up points left and right. You know, picking up Tony D'Angelo was a huge pickup for him. I know he had the the crazy leave with the Bruins or with the not the Bruins with the Rangers and all that, and and kind of had this weird like nobody knew what to think at the start of the year, but then looked really good. So I mean, he's been really solid at their blue line for him. They just like they've had a bunch of guys that just they've kind of picked up here and there. Brady Brady Shea is one of those guys they traded for him however many years ago from the Rangers. You know, they picked up um, who was it Slavin Slavin. Uh, a few years ago, they yeah. trade. They've traded for Trocheck. That was, I feel like, that was last year from Tampa. And like that guy steps has stepped up big for him. So like, they've had all these different guys and kind of like Taravainen. He scored a goal last night and he's always been really solid for him. That trade was like maybe five years ago, maybe six years ago, and it just really worked out for him. It was kind of a weird punt on them on the Blackhawks sending him over over to Carolina that way and. You know, he's just been really, really good for him. So they have all the, they have big names that have been playing really well. You guys mentioned Shvetchikov and Aho. 
you know, guys that have just been around in the playoffs the last couple of years, names you've heard. But yeah, it really is. I mean, their goal goaltending acquisitions for Anderson, whenever he gets healthy, should be, should be really solid. And Ranta, if he continues to stand on his head, you're right. It could be a short series. We'll see what happens. We'll see if this if the Bruins can can bite back. If not, Game Three will be obviously incredibly crucial for both teams, either three zero or two one. But it's gonna be. I I hope this is gonna be fun because this was a series along with the other Metropolitan series that I had uh, circled as two, maybe two of the best in the first round. Yeah. I mean, this style of play that I don't know that, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think the Bruins are must watch, but I think the style of play is just too boring for, for it to be the, the series of the, of the first round in terms of the East, you know, you're, yeah, you know, you said Toronto and Tampa, but um I feel like Washington, well, that, Florida, that and, uh, is going to be Pittsburgh, New York. I think it's going to be really fun. That's so boring, though. At least Florida and and Florida and Washington's like new. Yeah, it's new and it's high powered offenses and and all that good stuff. But yeah, yeah. exactly. And Jumbo Joe, Jumbo Joe, we got to get him a cup. Yeah. Jumbo Joe and Drew, let's get him a cup. This is before this we is move the... on, Greg. I didn't. I don't know if you know this stat, but we have three defensemen who are like six four and above: Carlo, Lindholm, Forbort. Six four, six six, six four. All three of them, no hits last night. Yikes! Bad. And I, I hope they play Anderson because maybe we can actually score on him instead of Ranta. <laughs> so hopefully they make that mistake. Go with change. I think he is out for game two. I read this morning he was in the morning skate, so most likely he's probably not in. Yeah, he's going to miss the first couple of games because uh, I'm pretty sure he went out with like a week or two injury. But um, yeah, I mean. Ranta, it's not even that. It's just a matter of, you know, they've the Bruins have beat Anderson in the past. It's just more of like the, the style of play. And when the Bruins Bruins are whenever they play Carolina, they have they it's all it's like they abandon their own game plan and they become aggressive. Um, and the Bruins are not an aggressive team. They're they're a, they're a defensive play encounter, and they play a completely different style against Carolina, and it hasn't worked. And Cassidy is. Proven to be, granted, he's had a great team, but he's proven to be one of the better coaches in the league, you know, based on his record and his ability and what he does in the playoffs. But yet here we are, you know, X amount of games in, and or here we are against a team that all season they've been doing the strategy. He's just getting out coached. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they change something up. But yeah, I think we'll 22. When do you? When do you hit the panic button, Mark, and, and switch posture back to the first line? Or do you I mean, not do that? The goal differential this year is what? Uh, 21 and two in four games. I think they got to just completely change everything. Clearly, what they're doing isn't working. Agreed. Abandon everything. And... <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Jordan, we're, all hope. We're, we're all. You know, no. Jordy, we're saying this after we're saying this after one game, but it's because the regular season was such a shit show. Like, <laughs> even even the game they scored one goal, it was seven to one. So <laughs> the definition hey, of insanity. If you what's keep that like? Do the same thing. Yeah, that's a good point, Mark. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, should we move on? Right. Let's do it. All right. Well, what Please. actually? What were your guys' predictions for the series? I said uh, Canes in seven, which I don't feel confident now, but. We'll see. What do you guys have? I mean, I had it in six. I had it, uh, or I really wanted to do five, but I gave the Bruins the benefit of the doubt. Um, and 
yeah, so I have Carolina in six. It's scary because um, this is most likely, well, Bergeron is a free agent after this season, so who knows if he retires, but it's, uh, I hope this isn't the swan song for this core because it'd be sad if this, this core went out in the first round, uh, especially like this, getting beat at their own game and, and, and scoring zero goals in a series or one goal in a series. Sorry. <laughs> doom and gloom doom, doom and gloom here on a tuesday hey, we'll be uh, we'll be more at each other for the next next games <laughs> hey i uh, i know the feeling the sixers lost last night i don't feel very good about it but mark what do you think for yeah, this series yeah. let's talk about bam oh, yeah sadly i think canes and five group will steal one at home um the core greg the core has been gone Krejci left ras left chara left like the core is gone we kind of have to, we've already transitioned. Bergeron does not look like the same. No study. Any team will take him, but he just, I don't know, he looked slow last night. Yeah. I've never said that about him before. I will just yeah. say, Greg, you mentioned Bam dominating Joel. Joel's hurt because the Toronto fans kept chanting, fucking bead, and they cheered when he got hurt. And they kept cheering last night because the Toronto Maple Leafs dominated. <laughs> The defending champions. A that, was five... a great, that was a great transition. That was a great transition. Hey, you know, five years of podcasting. You got to get down at some point. But the Maple Leafs dominate Tampa Bay <laughs> five to nothing last night. They got on the board early with Jake or in the first period, but with Jake Muzzin scoring and then the floodgates opened. I am skipping over the what should be a suspension. Just this wild hit in the first period. Of I uh, what is the guy's name? I just know he has the same number that Kadri wore in Toronto because people were going nuts about that on Twitter. Um, uh, um isn't it, isn't it um? Oh, is this it's confused me because he's got the same last name as someone on the Bruins. Who's the defenseman from Quinnipiac, Mark? I'm pulling it up now, but uh, NHL.com is being a little slow. But anyway, it was five nothing. As I pull up the name. Toronto was in complete control last night with Vasilevsky kind of looking all over the board. They, the Maple Leafs ended up getting a ton of shots off, but Tampa, a low shooting night. Jack Campbell stood on his head. Zero goals, obviously. Austin Matthews puts up two more. We didn't even mention first American to score 60 goals ever. Greg's favorite, Austin Matthews. But Mark, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts after this game? What were your thoughts going into the series? Is Tampa in trouble? I, I don't know. How can you say a two-time defending Stanley Cup champ is in trouble versus a team that hasn't escaped the first round? But I, that definitely surprised me, that score. Five-nothing. Like, I, I could not have predicted that. I mean, Tampa's pretty healthy, right? They got the best defenseman in the world, the best goalie in the world. Uh, when he's on, one of the best forwards in the world, Kucherov. Stamkos just had, what, 50 goals? Yeah. This year? Not this Like Not this year, last year. Two years ago. All right, forty-two this yeah. year. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he, yeah. he. The point is, he's he's still having he's still playing like Steven Sanford. I'm exactly. I'm shocked. I I did not expect this to happen. I mean, I haven't. I've only looked at the box scores, but I mean, Toronto's got some some meat now. They got guys like that they've added that they haven't had in past playoff series. Like guys like Clifford. Uh, I mean Simmons. They added who they Giordano at the trade deadline. They got a nice mix of veterans with playoff experience and youth and they've all those core guys that they have are have lost before they don't want to feel that again um they got nothing 
really to lose going up against two time Stanley Cup champs. Like if they win, great. If they lose, I mean, I guess they do playing in Toronto and I'll never <laughs> hear the end of it. But <laughs> I mean I to be continued. Only one game. Let's see how they respond in game two. But that shocked me to in a short answer. I'm shocked from a five nothing standpoint. Yeah. So to to finish on the point, there were a ton of penalties in this game. The Leafs ended up scoring a couple power play goal or one power play goal, one shorthanded goal. And, you know, Toronto with this high powered Tampa offense shut down all eight power plays. Vasilevsky, you know, went six for seven and, and, you know, that way, but their top guys just had a bit of an off night. So it is, you know, you think Tampa's going to go into jump back. We had a fight at some point, Pat Maroon got involved. You saw Wayne Simmons, as you mentioned, who just after years of seeing in Philly, a guy who, Lays the body, just starts things. You know, he took a ton of penalties, but still just getting involved and getting getting the, the action going. And, you know, I still love Wayne Simmons. I'd love for seeing him get some success, get another playoff win under his belt after I think just one who, in Philadelphia. Who would you who would you rather have who would you rather have as a Stanley Cup champion? Oh, Claude Drew and Jumbo Simmons Joe. Drew. Easily. Easily Drew. Oh, interesting. The Flyers screwed Drew over. That's an entirely different podcast for a different day. But um <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the, but you know, when Matthews is playing the way that he is in three different points, just completely looking dominant. And I know he had some turnovers. I know he took, or actually he didn't take a penalty, but he, you know, is still getting it going that way and, and just playing really well. I mean, everything was clicking for this team. Greg, do you, do you think this is the Leafs finally time? I think it's been 20 years since they won a series or... Is Tampa just going to come back even harder in game two? Yes. So a couple of things. I feel like Tampa has, it's, it's been two to three years of, especially with the pandemic, they've been playing basically nonstop for two to three years. Right. Yeah. Cause they've been do they've been going to deep runs and the NHL has really tried to get back to their regular schedule. So they've made the shorts, the off season even shorter and shorter. And Tampa has obviously been the team that has, won and, and played the longest and celebrated the longest and et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like despite them having 110 points in the regular season, I feel like they uh, weren't as consistent as they have been in years past this year. And sure. almost like they were, they, they thought they could turn it on uh, in the postseason. We've seen and them maybe do that this, before. They were the three seed last yeah. year. And, and maybe this game will be a wake up call for them. Maybe this will be like, okay, it's time. This is a different first round opponent than normal. We can't take a, a whole series to get into it, you know, to get into the playoff mode. We have to do it now. I think the biggest thing for me was Vasilevsky. I mean, yeah. his inability yeah. to to make stops. Normally, he's he's instead of five, it went two or one. You know, what I mean, normally he's he's keeping a team in the game regardless, and and they have enough talent uh, to make up for it. Absolutely. Um, and in, in close games, so he to me is. This season, this postseason, more than ever, he's the best goalie in the NHL. But this postseason, more than ever, they're going to need him to win, um, win the, win the cup for them. Essentially, especially the series. The thing for me about Toronto is, like Mark said, you know, they kind of they have so much to prove in terms of like there's been this narrative out there that they can't win the playoffs, can't win the playoffs. They lost to the Bruins and they lost to the Canadians and. Came into the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. The difference is 
you know, they have some more veteran leadership, which they hadn't had before. In terms, those young guys are that much older. Mitch Marner hadn't hadn't scored a playoff goal until last night. Last night was the first time he scored a playoff goal, and and uh, that's huge, right? So so he finally got that that over that hump. Um, and Mitch Marner is such an integral part of that team that him being able to support Matthews, him being able to to sort of uh, you know, so Matthews isn't alone on an island, uh, you know, and then they have so much more, like, yes, they have the big names, but they have so much more depth. Top I was going to say that. They have a lot of role players that are playing really well. Like Ka- Casa. Yeah, Kass, I was going to point Kassa, him out. Whatever. Two points he, last night. He was on the Bruins. He was on the Bruins' second line, and now he's on the third and fourth line. You know, it's just like they just have guys that are that – are, good in, in the right places. Clifford is the kid, Jordy. Clifford, Clifford. and Mark. That's oh, the kid okay. who had the dirty hit, right? He's on LA. Kings, you want to cup with them. Right. And now he's on Toronto and he's that's the same last name as the as the Bruins guy. That's that's what it was. Um anyway, so for me, I feel like Marner is, is now that he scored, I feel like it's it's oh was it's it Toronto. Oh, yeah, okay. And, All right. Now that now that now that Marner scored and he's got that off his back and Giordano helping the back end. I think I think Toronto going into it it was a Tampa, but after last night, uh, I think it's Toronto. And, and the biggest thing is is Vasilevsky. If he can, if he stands on his head and he and he wins, you know, the consmite, then then Tampa will win the cup. But if not, then it's going to be an early exit for them. Well, we've seen in in teams that have made deep cup runs, and I know obviously like Tampa's won it back to back and and everything, but like. One of the years, the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. They lost their first two games. That was in the middle of their their dynasty, if you want to call it that. The Capitals obviously lost the first two games against Columbus the year they won. You know, we've seen this before of a slow start for a team that's made deeper runs in the playoffs after years and comes out a little slow. So, like, I picked Tampa in six, so that's why I'm trying to defend defend against that point. But, yeah, you're exactly right. It all really relies on what we see out of Vasilevsky in game two, especially when they go back to Tampa – this could be, I mean, if he really has a, a shitty game again, or if it's something like, remember last year, the Tampa-Florida series in the first round, they're the two best offenses in the league. They had that wild first game. It was like 6-5 in overtime. Like, if there's something like that, and they can squeak something like that out and split it and go back home, like, we'll see. You know, it's going to be really interesting. This series definitely is, it has the makings if, if Tampa can look better, even if they don't win game two to be one of the better ones in the first round. And this is just classic Toronto getting their fan base all excited. Everybody's getting tricked by one game, <laughs> Greg included, all horned up for the Maple Leafs. This it, is their year. Mark, no, Greg and I figured out when we did the American League East preview, because he loves Vladdy Jr. so much, that we think that maybe Greg is a double agent or maybe owns property in, in Ontario or something. So I think that's where he's coming from. Maybe. <laughs> Honestly, maybe. Honestly, Vladimir Jr. Different pod for a different time, but he might be my favorite player outside of Mookie Betts and, and Xander Bogarts. Um, and Matthews, you know, obviously outside of uh, the Bruins. But this, I don't think it's one game, and I don't think it's an overreaction, Mark. I, I mean, I, I know saying that and whatever, but I just think you're right. I think you guys are both right. Tampa will turn it on. They they they'll they've just tired. They they need to flip the switch. Sorry to stutter there. They need to flip the switch, and they will do that. They're a team that knows how to do that. You're right. Tampa or Toronto will will 
get some confidence here. They'll start to sit back. Game one, Toronto came out no holds bar, and they need to keep that intensity. If they, oh, yeah. if they, if they come into game two, if they, if if they keep that same intensity, that same drive, that same focus that they had in game one, then it's it's game over. But if they, okay, oh, we got that off our back, we're fine. You know, we can settle in. If they start to settle in, then I think you're right. I think it is probably an overreaction, but. Um, I think if I think this team is just different for everything this year, they just have that thing, especially Marner. Marner's playing at least game one. He played like like he did does in regular season, and and you know he if he can continue that clip and and this team, Jack Campbell can continue to do what he did and did, you know does what he does, then I think. If they keep that same intensity, I think it's it's a shorter series. But you're right; you guys are both right. Tampa will turn it on at some point. Um, but uh, this Toronto team is just different. And I saw something online that was like Toronto will be up three to one, and and uh, have our so all Toronto fans can have their hearts ripped out again. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> you know, I think I think I think there's something to be said about that. That you know, is this just the same script, different year? Toronto's getting their fans' hopes up, like like Mark was saying. But this team just feels different. Um, because they, they they just they can, they can score this year, you know. And if Vasilevsky's not going to be at the top of his game, Toronto can take advantage of it. Toronto's problem's yeah. always been their defense and goaltending. Giordano yeah. helps their D and Campbell. Campbell's an unknown. Campbell's the unknown. Giordano's slow, and I think TJ Brody's the guy we should be. He led their D in minutes last night. Like he's a stud. He used to be on Calgary too with yeah. Giordano. All right, let's keep it moving. The next game, I feel like we can breeze through this and, and talk about it quick because it was definitely the most boring game out there. It was easy to not have to flip back when the Kings and Oilers were in a fucking shootout, or at least a great game. The Blues win 4 nothing over the Minnesota Wild. I had picked the Wild going into this. I think your guys' hatred of the Blues had just gotten me you know, against them. And they did a lot of the same stuff that they've done in their, run, in their previous run to the Stanley Cup, it's worth mentioning, Billy Huso stood on his head, completely shutting down Minnesota and any opportunities they have when they remove the puck around well. Greg, we'll go back to you. What do you think of this game? What do you think of this series? You know, I, I thought that Minnesota's offense could really pop out, but we've seen, I guess, from all the different moves they've made, maybe they're just not fully gelling yet. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's... Um... They've never had these expectations before, right? I think that that this is the first time um, that they went in probably as a favorite, right? And and everyone's been talking about this and that, and not that they believe their hype, but I would say the pressure, the the bullseye, the targets on them, especially with how they finish and how many points they have, and Mark Andre Fleury and blah blah blah, and Talbot, and you know the the goaltending duo that they have there, but. Um, you know, I think their special teams is the worst part of the game. And, you know, the first goal is a power play and the third goal is power play. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things where if you can't, if you can't score in a power play and you let up two power play goals, you're not beating anyone. Yeah. Right. So to me, they think that's the, their biggest, you know, selling point or, or flaw, I should say is, if they if they can somehow figure out how to stop St. Louis's power play, um, you know I think that that will change the game. And real quick on, I mean, sorry, we can keep talking about Minnesota. I feel like 
they went for it all this year, but I feel like they're still a year or two away, if you will. Um, just cause Boldy is still so young. And, uh, I mean, even, even, uh, Greenway is, is three or four years into it. So he's still off young like too, so, but, yeah, exactly. Caprice off, same thing. So, um, they still, they, to me, I feel like they still may be a year or two away, but, um, the blues, it's, it's mind blowing to me because it's almost like it's the same core, the same guys that won X amount of years ago. Yeah. It's uh, very the similar. Is their, yeah. And their defense was the reason why they've struggled after the cup is because their defense wasn't as good. And I feel like this year's team defense has been that good. Um, and the defense sort of contributes a lot more, uh, especially Falk who's having an unbelievable season on uh, back as an offensive two-way guy. Um, so the goaltending, like you said, who, so if, if he can do that every night, 37 saves, I mean, this is a team to be, to be feared. I'm still sticking with Minnesota, but, um, just cause I, I too, will yeah. forever pick it. I will forever pick against St. Louis, but the special <laughs> teams, <laughs> special teams. And if this Huso guy is the real deal, then it could be, it could be, uh, it could be another blues run here. Yeah. Mark, what do you think of this? Yeah, I thought going into this, this was going to be one of the hardest series to predict just because Minnesota's had such a startling year. Um, but, like, if you dive deeper into it, you notice, notice that, like, St. Louis ended the season so hot. Like, they were one of the top two or three teams in the league to end, like, the last quarter of the year. I think, and then looking at their roster, they might be even better than the Stanley Cup team, like their depth that they have. Um, and like their top four D are studs like Letty, Krug, Periak, Perico, and Folk. Perico, yeah. All four of those. And then like their goaltending, Huso, we thought Bennington would be the guy, right? Well, because he's got, got the cup, but like this guy's come out of nowhere and they have a solid backup plan. I mean, granted, Minnesota does too with Flurry and, and their normal goalies at the had, but I mean, I picked the Blues to win this. Um, I'm going to go with experience all day over a team that hasn't really won a playoff series in a long time. And they have a lot younger of a team. Um, yeah, see, that's... Like Greg said, it's the first year that they've really had these expectations. They, they, um, they're almost like happy to be there. They might be like Greg said, I'm kind of repeating what he said, but they might be a couple years away from making a deep playoff run. And, and this blues team is hot right now. Like, and they're healthy. They're been playing unreal. Uh, and last night was a statement game. Yeah. It's that's... almost, I mean, it's almost shades of before, like Mark was saying, yeah, it's almost shades of their cup run and, and this freaking, the way they ended the season. Um, and then Tarasenko, I mean, you're talking about a guy who asked for a freaking trade two weeks before the season. <laughs> he wanted out. Uh, and, you know, he ended up leading the team in goals and having more than a game. And, and he was a huge reason why they won the cup. Um and, uh, you know, I think last time, and I think he'll probably do it again this time, too. Yeah, he's just a complete killer when he gets going, and he's had an incredible year. And you mentioned it, he wanted a trade a year ago. Like, it was, like, before the Cam Atkinson trade happened, it was like, oh, it's for a check for, for Tarasenko. It's a, both guys want to get out of here. Let's swip, swap. And, yeah, he's just been awesome for him. So it's, you know, St. Louis, definitely, you mentioned it, Mark, being really, really good, and I, it'd be... Actually, probably wouldn't be that fun because it's very similar. Nine but... twenty goal scores. 
Yeah, exactly. 920 goal scorers, but like I was going to say, comparing the two teams, the cup run and this one. But yeah, their offense comes from everywhere, and they're just really good. I still, I'm with Greg. I'm staying with Minnesota. I think they can probably figure it out, but the point on them having, you know, they have a few more years in the window is is very good. But do Yeah, we... I mean, I, I, I agree, but at the same time... It's concerning. Yeah, and, and I mean, again... It's the expectation thing, right? It's it's almost like the the what Toronto was. Well, they've going been a two. Forever. They've been a two seed in the division before, but they've just played teams that were like ended the season slow. They finished the season hot and like just fall in that first round. I remember they were a two seed against the Jets, and I think the Jets swept them. Like now they kind of like they've come back to it. The the flurry point is really good, and he didn't look very good last night for the bits and pieces I saw of that game. But like, you know, I, I guess that put it put it over the edge. Is that where you're coming from there? Yeah, and then yeah, and then yeah, yes. Okay. But then like, like Mark was saying, I feel like I'm talking myself into it, but I'm I'm sticking with Minnesota. Um, but yeah. Cairo, you know, sort of another young. Yeah, set. really I mean, good season from him. Is, yeah, this team is is deep and just as good. Um, Uchnevich, you even talk about him. He was a he was a he was a good little player. Um, <laughs> was he with Washington before this? Um, that's a good question. We can look that up, but May one, where was he? Who's he with when they did? I feel like he won. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, uh, um, maybe. No, don't look it up. The point is that uh, I'm sticking with Minnesota. I'm sticking with my guy, uh, yeah. um, Jordan Greenway. Yeah. Jordan, do you think they stick with Flurry or do they go to Cam Talbot next game? I don't know. I mean, I think you go to Talbot uh, in one of my hockey chats. Somebody was really shocked they didn't start him. He had a really good year, and obviously bringing in Flurry was kind of to sure up that second spot. I know their other goaltender that they traded, right? They traded him to San Jose. Am I making that up? Um, he had been really good, that Finnish guy. But, um, you know, I I think you got to give Rangers. Talbot a start. He was on the Rangers. Who, Bucinavich? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, but sorry, 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 sorry. I think you do. I think you go to Talbot and, and just say, sure, this thing up. We need something there. We need to slow these guys down. You know, it's it's a luxury to have two goalies there. And if you're not going to use them, especially when you still have home ice, you you know, it almost feels like a waste opportunity to not do it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you double down. You go back with them. You think and so? They lose again, and you go, then you go to Talbot. I yeah, read you, you that uh, – Flurry. I read Flurry making that start last night became the it was his 16th straight playoffs, which is the longest active streak of any North American team sports player of making the playoffs, which that's pretty impressive. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, you know, we talk about a lot of streaks in uh the other playoffs that are going on now, but uh you know, Mark Andre Flurry the flower. But let's keep it moving to the game of the night. The LA Kings going to Edmonton and taking one, winning four to three. They were up two nothing. They end up blowing the lead. It becomes two two, and then the Kings took another lead with Brendan Lemieux, also a former Ranger. Give me three two. Then Dreisaitl scored. I didn't even mention McDavid's end to end, full speed, fastest skater in the league. But then. One of the bigger trades that happened, one of the bigger acquisitions for the Kings, Philip Deneau puts it over the edge, getting that goal to put them up. They lock it down. The Kings take game one. I had the Kings in six in this one. I do not trust Edmonton goaltending. We saw it with Mike Smith's mistake that he made for that fourth goal. 
Mark, I know you're a big Kings guy. I'm going to start with you. How are you feeling after that game? I'm shocked. I mean, I'm not a Kings guy. I just picked them to win, make the playoffs because they got guys <laughs> like Kopitar and Dowdy. He's not, he's out for the year. Yeah. I was like Edmonton all day. The Kings don't have their best defenseman and D are huge in the playoff series. Um, I, mean, I still, that dirty kid's pretty nasty. Yeah. He's really good for the Kings. Um, Sneaky DFS yeah, I, guy. I, us on, us on this podcast, we shit on Edmonton all the time for their goaltending. I, I don't know how they have Mike Smith start. How can't you develop or find somebody like a competent goalie? Yeah, Smith has his flashes, but I think I think Edmonton sneaks out of the series just because they have two superstars, and I think that they'll just – Deneau can't shut – Deneau and Kopitar can't shut them out the whole time. But, I mean, what, uh, McDavid had two points last night, right? Um he had two. Um, Kyler yeah, Yamamoto, two who I feel like we never talk about, had a really good year. He, I think he scored 20 goals. He had a goal and assist last night. Just a really good guy to add into that, you know, a, a non-David Dreitzel or McDavid Dreitzel guy. I almost said David McDreitzel. But, um, yeah, you know, they, they do have other guys there. And if they continue to step up or we – I don't even think we've done a podcast since Evander Kane signed his prorated deal with them. But a guy who scored a bunch of goals, I don't know what that pace would have been. But he was he was in the action. He was physical, but he didn't end up getting on the board with points. He was minus one. So that's that's a big X factor there to see what he brings to the table in terms of offense. Obviously, defense he played he played pretty well in a four three loss. But you know, I think this Kings team they got some pop to them. They have the mix of guys that have been around from those Cup run days. Obviously, Kopitar, Dustin Brown. You mentioned Dowdy's out, but. You know, bringing Deneau, and that he's a solid player. He's been really good. He was on those Canadians teams. Brandon Lemieux is just an absolute rat. We talk about that a ton. Yeah, It's going to be really, really fun to see how this series goes. If it goes the full distance, I have the Kings in six. But it goes back to Edmonton, and you got to think, maybe they do sneak out of this, and maybe they, they do carry that momentum with being at home and everything there. Greg, what is your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like you said, McDavid's going to be McDavid and it's the depth, you know, they, the Oilers, they need to get other guys. I mean, they brought in Hyman to be that guy, but Hyman is, is, is a third line, you know, he, he, his best role is, you know, like that. And Nugent Hopkins has been there forever. He needs to have a good playoff and Cassian is Cassian and Kane. Like you said, I mean, it's a great thing to talk about. You're talking about the Oilers that, finished what second in the, in the West and they had a coaching change halfway through the season. Yeah. Right. So this team, this team is, is a huge like roller coaster in terms of good, bad, ugly, indifferent. It, it, they don't know who they are. They fired their coach, you know, how many games in and their offense went up with the new coach, but they have Duncan Keith who again, super slow, but a good defenseman cup has, has, you know, experience and um, nurse obviously is, is solid. I mean, it's their entire defenseman. Every single defenseman they dressed was, was negative last night. So in a four, three, in a four, three loss, you know, how you have every defenseman as a, as a minus is, uh, is hard. It's hard to, to justify and write home about and, and Nugent Hopkins was minus two. So that, that line uh, and Nugent Hopkins, and I feel like some the depth, like you said, is, is key um, for them. And then you move up to the Kings or down to the Kings, whatever, and they have the veterans 
they have the cup winning guys and they have these rookies and they're not rookies, but young guys who are stepping up and making all these things. I think the biggest surprise to me is quick, right? Wasn't, yep. didn't we go into this year talking about how the Kings were going to have like groom this, this, his backup as like the next guy. And yeah. wasn't this supposed to be the year that yeah, the Peterson. other guy was supposed to start. Yeah. Wasn't this the year that Peterson was supposed to take over for quick and here quick is beating arguably one of the more talented teams in, in game one of the playoffs. So that to me is a huge surprise. Yeah. That, and you mentioned the, the, the younger players that, they follow more line. They had the first two goals. They played really well. And I, you know, depth is going to be huge here. And it's, it's going to be really fun to watch the end of the series or the rest of the series. It's only one game. Yeah. The only reason why I don't want them to win is because I hate Lemieux. Uh, good news is he only had, he only played three minutes last night, but he scored a goal. <laughs> Made a count. What, are the, uh, did he? what do you think they the did. consequences are if Edmonton loses? Yeah. So that's a, that's a big talking point. Try titles, a pending free agent. And they have a ton of, they have a, a ton of guys on huge deals. Obviously, McDavid, all this different stuff. But that's a, a really interesting question to go to. I mean, we talked about it when Edmonton was sucking. Of, do they have to, you know, pull the ripcord on certain aspects of their team and maybe try to invest in a goalie for Connor McDavid? You know, wh- where would they go from here? A goalie and trade uh, Nugent Hopkins. I mean. Yeah, yeah, you saw you saw the the Taylor Hall trade and that backfired for him. They lost whatever. Um, fuck, who'd they get? The guy from the Devils. He's on the Kraken now. But you know, could they Martin. get that kind of a? Thank you. Could they get that kind of a turnaround on Nugent Hopkins? It's been in the league for. I feel like he was the number one pick like ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you like obviously McDavid's still around, but staying around. But it's just if anything. Kane with a full season is going to help them. I feel like you have to bring, I feel like you have to bring Dreadsaw back. I feel like you have to sort of bring this, this core back and then get a goalie. Really? I think that's, yeah, that's what you need to do. Or, 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 or maybe even sure up the defenseman. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that you blow it up. I mean, cause again, this new coach, I mean, he took over what a third way in the season and, and, they ended up fourth in, in the league and score and goals a game and McDavid 123 points and Dreisel at 110. And, you know, granted that they just, they're, they're two headed monster. They don't have anyone else in the team. They just need depth, right? Like you have two guys who are hundred point scores and the next closest is 54. So it's like, you're not, you know, you're too, it's like the Bruins, you know, they, they were so reliant on their first line and, and you can't win being reliant on one yeah. or two guys. So. I did see McDavid's first period goal, obviously within the first 20 minutes. He didn't score a goal in this in this sweep to the Jets last year until like game three. So that's at least good that he's getting getting girl getting going early. Wow, really crossing over my words. So, you know, I, I get your point if you need other guys outside of you know, your three leading goal scorers and McDavid, Yamamoto, and Dreitzeitel being your three goal scorers in the game. But – you know, if McDavid can take over a game, we'll see what happens. You know, LA just they play yeah. this game of just. I mean that that's good for that's good for one game or two, but sure. I mean, the, yeah, full. Series. I still I still think Edmonton wins this. Yeah, I still think Edmonton wins this series, but I didn't think it. Yeah, I have LA winning. So let's look to tonight. Obviously, you, the good listener, you. knows what happened in these four games. But let's look at these series. We kick things off tonight, seven p.m. Penguins Rangers. I said it before, I think this might be 
may turn out to be one of the better series in the first round. Just two teams. Obviously, Pittsburgh loaded with all sorts of veterans, all sorts of you know big names. Obviously, their goaltending with Jari. He looked better this year than he did a year ago. But you know, the lasting memory is that turnover against the Islanders that kind of put the series away. I know it was Game 5 and the Islanders won in Game 6. Then the Rangers come in. Shesterkin, incredible season. They have all these huge names. They, it seems like everything we talked about when they won the lottery and got Lafreniere last year was kind of let down. This year, it seems like it's coming together. Greg, what is your take going into the series? I think Mark's buddy boy Frank for Tr- Frank the Toronto uh, <laughs> is gonna is gonna be the the difference. No, I think uh, Shesterkin percentage wise and going into the playoffs, definitely the hottest goalie and, and definitely you could argue was the best goalie this season. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is their offense five on five, you know, they did, they're not the best five on five team in terms of scoring. Um, you know, while Kreider and Panarin and you know, all these guys are good and Fox, obviously, and Zabinijad, Zabinijad is not having the year that he had two years ago in terms of scoring. And, and I think, um, you know, he used to be a, or he, sorry, he was back to what he was this year with a point per game. Uh, last year he wasn't. And then Kreider having, it seems like Kreider had a career year. Um, but it, it, what can they do five on five in the playoffs? Because especially against Pittsburgh, a team that doesn't really take penalties. I mean, the Rangers power play was one of the best in the NHL. Um, so if they can get power plays and, and they can get offense that way, then, then I think they'll be fine, but you're going up against, a uh, uh, Pittsburgh team with 17 guys who have cups, you know, and, and Danton Heinen, former Bruin having a career year. And, um, you know, obviously Pittsburgh doesn't have the, the D they once had and, and Jari and, and the Smith are, um, you know, it's sort of who, what, what they're going to get from the goalie out of those two. But um, the Rangers to me are one of the more interesting teams because their window or bubble is starting now. I think the problem is that there are other teams in the East who uh, are just as good with just as young talent and, or sorry, better with just as much young talent and will be able to withstand longer. So this is sort of a make or break year for them. But again, Mark's boy, Frank Petrano, is going to get it done. <laughs> Mark, what's your take on this? I think this is like pretty, pretty big deal for both franchises. I mean, uh, Rangers haven't been in the playoffs since 2017, I think. Correct. And did, so, did, did I, they make it in the bubble or not? Did they miss it in the bubble? Um, I think they were. Yeah, they were. No, they, they didn't make it in the. They made it in the bubble, but they lost in the play-in round because they had the. Yeah. They were a part of that because they were a part of the bubble team that got the first overall pick. Right. Yeah, so they haven't been in the playoffs the real playoff series since 2017 and Penguins haven't escaped the first round since 2018. So, you know, it's a pretty big deal for both franchises. Um, I'm going to keep a very simple formula. Goaltending is the most important position in hockey. One team has a Vesna potential winner versus the other team where they're starting goalies hurt and they're playing their backup goalies. I like the Rangers D I like their youth. I like their speed. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, I, every time I, I bet against them, I lose. With, you know, How can you bet against Crosby and Malkin? But I don't know. I think it's kind of like the Bruins. 
like a older, not what they used to be, not the same. Like they had their fun in 16, 17. I'm going to go with the Rangers here in seven games. That's my prediction. Yeah, I have it going seven too. I have Pittsburgh though. I just think every year I think that the Penguins are going to kick the shit out of the Islanders, and now that it, now they're playing the other New York team. But I, I totally agree with you though. I was back and forth between it, partially because I mentioned it. Just the Penguins last year in that series with the Islanders, where the goaltending made mistakes, they looked slow at times. But I think Jari looked like he had a bounce back year, and he had kind of an okay regular season in, in, a year ago. And you, know, you kind of would have thought maybe, you know, the revenge factor, that's where I came in with they were going to crush the Islanders, and that was real fucking pie in my face there. But I think Greg's point that this team doesn't take a lot of penalties. They have one of the best leaders, if not the best captain in the NHL, and Crosby, as much as it pains me to say that. But... I think they just play good defensive hockey. I know, Greg, you mentioned, like, their defense is a little older, but they still got guys like Evan Rodriguez has had a really, I feel like, quiet but really good season for them. And offensively, it's not just Crosby Malkin. Malkin was hurt for a lot of the year. Gensel had a really good year. Brian Rust had a really good year. This is a team that they at least have three lines that are really good, a physical fourth line. This is going to be a grind of a series. I definitely think it's going to be really entertaining back and forth. You know, and traditionally they've played really good series. That's part of it too. Why I think it goes seven. The Penguins once blew a three-one lead to them. Not to go against my own pick, but I am picking the Penguins in seven here. I just you got to think that Crosby wants to get off the Schneid that way. He, you just you mentioned it with, you know, Panarin had a really good year. Zibanejad had a really good year. Kreider had a really good year. But Crosby's a really good two-way forward, and he if he's matching up against. Whomever it is, I know they don't have home ice. The Rangers, it's starting in New York. But, you know, you think that he's going to step up. Gensel, an offensive machine, hits the body hard. Um, you know, maybe they get the, the the slowdown that way. And if they can make it low scoring, you know, it could be a quicker closeout for the Penguins. But I do think it's going to go seven games. You might have one blowout game. And, yeah, I like it. I like Penguins in seven. Just I'm going to take I'm going to ride with Crosby that way. But Shesterkin really is. I mean, if he plays like he did the regular season, this this could be a quick series. I mean, you you may have talked into the Penguins, but I think I'm sticking with the Rangers. Um, the goaltending for Pittsburgh, for me, scares me. And we know goaltending and defense wins, and the Rangers have that. And Pittsburgh yep. has depth. Pittsburgh has yeah, depth. Pittsburgh's but... depth is huge. I always, like, I always talk about it, and I've been wrong about it before, but – this year, they've just quietly done that. You know, they started the season off kind of slow because Crosby and Malkin were hurt. And they've really, like, they've looked bad at times. They lost to the Flyers, like, late in the season. They didn't look very good. But if they, you know, they can afford in a seven-game series to have maybe a slip-up here or there. But then those games where Jeff Carter's coming out on the third line and puts up, you know, a three-point night. He's done that plenty of times this season. So the depth really, I, I'm so, I sell myself into that. But Shesterkin really, like, if he's playing out of his mind, this this could be quick. Didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. I'm, 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 I don't know. I, I just feel like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the belief that that's Shesterkin and this this Rangers team will do it enough. I think it's going to be a two-one every. I think every game is going to be the lowest scoring game, and it's going to be two-one and. It's going to be a boring series. Um, 
but physical and you know classic penguin style and if the penguins can keep it close i guess that's they can keep every game close and keep it a one goal game with with guys like carter and Gensel and Malkin and Crosby and Heinen and Rodriguez, then sure, they can pull out a couple and steal a couple games uh, close late for sure. You know, I think Crosby, not that he had a career year, but he had 84 points in 68 games. So he hasn't done that since for a while, right? He's been hurt almost every year. So he's been, he, he's had one of his better years. Um, so good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's been brutal for the last three years. So I think Crosby's turned a corner. Again, I feel like you've talked me into it a little bit, but uh, I think I'm sticking with goaltending and, and defense Fair as enough. Mark's been preaching on this podcast. I think we can go no, it, it's the staple to go to. It's goalies and defense, nothing better than a hot goalie in the playoffs. Well, let's keep it moving to we mentioned it before. Maybe the the high flying, high scoring series of the first round. The Capitals. Coming in as a wild card, the technical eight seed, the second wild card. Going to the Panthers, the President's Cup winning team. Mark, you want to lead this off? Yeah, yeah. So, Panthers, Caps. I think Ovi's a little banged up, isn't he? Is he playing? Uh, let me check. But that's a that's a fair point yeah, going in. He, he should be. He missed the last couple of games. But I think yeah, he, he missed, missed the last couple of games. games. But I think he did it on purpose so um, that he could be ready for the playoffs. He's ready to go. Yeah. There it is. Damn. Well, that changes what I was going to say. Um, Wait, Mark, I mean, real, gonna... real quick, Mark. You didn't, you didn't take my Frank Vitrano bait. Uh, I don't, I never really liked, liked his game. All he does is get the puck and shoot the puck. He doesn't like, he's so north-south. How do you play with him? No. No. Oh, sorry. Florida's my guy. Florida's my team. No, Just like Jordy right? with Giroux. Oh, yeah, yeah. Giroux. All right, my bad. Cut, cut it all. Nah, it's all good. Keep it in. <laughs> Sorry, I can pretend I played with them, but yes. um, yeah, I think Florida's my team. I mean, I've been, I was, I was adamant about them last year in the playoffs. I said they were going to make a deep run. I said at the beginning of this year they're going to be the best team in the East. Pretty sure I said that. Um, I have them. I don't want to give away a minute, like what my predictions are for the final results of this Stanley Cup playoffs, but. Yeah, I think they're a wagon. I, I, I'm going to take them in like six games. I'm going to give Caps, you know, just from the experience that they have. Oh, I had them in five, so you, uh, you're giving the Caps credit, more credit than I did. Yeah, and it's going to come down to Bobrovsky. Is Bobrovsky going to be oh, who yeah. he was all year? Is he going to shit the bad look he's capable of? So, um, going with Florida, I don't have much more to say than that. Yeah, I had I, – so I'll go. I had the Panthers – winning in five games. I think you're right, though. It, it really does come down to what Bobrovsky we get. I think to go on the other side of it, though, their goaltending on, on the Capitals, Samsonov, Samsonov, I guess how you pronounce it, save percentage under 900. Vanishek, their backup goalie, save percentage of 908. Not terribly great. They both have the same amount of goals allowed. But Florida, with coming into it, just an offensive juggernaut with Barkov. Sam Reinhardt had a really good year. You know, Huberto is just a, an assist machine. This team loves to move the puck around. And the one thing going the, the Capitals' favor is that they do have a very physical third and fourth line. Their fourth line sometimes comes out as their third line and plays it really well. They can put pucks in the back of the net at certain points. But I just think it 
if this game goes into just complete all-out offense, the fact that Florida just can really take over games at ease and really not to like sound like I'm really tooting the claw Drew Horn more than I already have, but like the run they went on when they first got him, he had 23 points in however many games for him, and just they seem to all click right away. The other thing that goes in Florida's or in Florida's favor is their power play is incredible. Their penalty kills middle of the road, but the Capitals power play, despite Ovi, despite Kuznetsov, despite Backstrom bottom 10 in the league, kind of concerning there. I just think that Florida with the best offense in the league, they had over 300 goals. If this thing turns into neither goaltenders playing well on either side of the, of the ice and you have to make it an offensive game, Florida just wins this thing, you know, just really well. Maybe Washington takes one at home, and that's why I thought five games. But, you know, if but if Bobrovsky really shits the bed, you know, we've seen it plenty of times in Florida and in Columbus. This thing could go a lot longer. Greg, what's your what's your take on this series? Um, so not to be contrarian, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Florida is going to win um, solely because they, at the end of the day, they just have more going for them. Um, but for, for me, I feel like the Capitals are a team that I don't want to say barely made it. Cause obviously they had a hundred points, but they had 12 overtime losses. Right. So they're a different team than they were when they won. The they're a much more defensive minded team now more than ever, um, partly because they're age and they're slower and they have to be. I think ultimately Florida has way more speed and, and will take advantage of that over, over um, Washington. But, you know, I just, th- there's the goalie situation that scares me about, about the Capitals and, um, you know, Tom Wilson didn't get suspended all year. So that was a plus, but um, <laughs> for me, the biggest guy or the guy who was the biggest target of the pack for the whole playoffs is Claude Giroux because here he was, he, literally chose which team he wanted to get traded to he every team i would argue not every team but i would argue 15 teams probably inquired about trading for him and probably gave better deals than florida gave him um but he wanted florida chose florida and he now has it's time for him to prove it and put up or shut up and mark made a good point about Bobrovsky. if he if he's not going to go i mean they'll win the first round just because i'm not impressed by the capitals but they're not getting out of the second round. If, if Bobrovsky plays like he did last year, um, you know, he got in down stretch. Bobrovsky had a terrible four games to, to end the season, four or five games, you know, did not end the month in the season. Well, um, I think ultimately this team, Florida relied on offense a lot. And we said, we're seeing it with the Bruins. We're seeing it in all, all these other games, uh, Edmonton and blah, blah, you know, these teams, that rely on offense once you get to the plus it's a completely different game completely different intensity and while i think florida gets out of the first round i don't know that they like you guys have them winning it all i don't know that they have the complete team and depth defensively and goaltending wise to, to win it all i disagree change my mind i mean i think i think they win this series we're gonna stick to the series we'll, we'll get into bolder predictions later but i think for this series i think ultimately they have enough and i think too many question marks, too many problems with Washington. You know, Jordy's right there. Their power play isn't as good as it once was. And for them, the cup team, but, you know, they're, they're a defensive style team and, and they will be a good physical matchup for, 
Baltimore is way too fast and way too skilled to be bogged down and, and play Washington's game. So I think ultimately um, Florida wins five in five, if not six max, but five is my prediction. Florida's getting their best defenseman back tonight too. Ekblad had 57 points in 61 games. Former first overall pick, 2014. Guy's only 26. I thought he was like 30 by now. He's a stud. I think they they lost him last year during the playoffs. Like the whole yeah. playoff run. And he's been hurt. So I think he's coming back tonight for the first time in a while. So Yeah, and they missed him because um is he actually coming back? I think he is. Because they missed him, they missed him so much at the end of the season. And you're right. I mean, that was huge. Not having a number one guy, but them, you know, they still had the most points in record, but they definitely missed, um, like, he, they needed his presence on. They turned into like a seven, six games like they were last year, as opposed to the, what they were doing in the beginning of the year, holding teams to one, two goals. Yeah, he's back tonight. That's awesome. Florida, so and they got Jumbo Joe, our guy. They got Roger Drew, Jordy's guy. They got Noel Chari. Even in the lineup, he gets it's probably getting scratched. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I mean, listen, I want them to win. However, I don't know that they their goal depending on defense. I mean, I, you're telling me that they have a they have a better goalie D than than Toronto or yes. Carolina. Yeah, Carolina goalie D than Toronto. Carolina, yes. I don't know. Okay. Carolina's D is the real. It's good. Oh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jordy, anything else for the series? Or anything else for the series? Or can we move on to bolder predictions for the West? Of the... <laughs> um, I guess we still we still have another West Coast. Thing yeah, we still have the we still have the West of the rest. But um, yeah, Greg, I'm in a similar boat as you. I have them winning a series and not going much further than that. But it it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do. I I think this series will be. I don't know. I just, I it could be a sweep. I've been bad at picking sweeps, so take that at what you will. But um, I think I, I think has got the biggest target on his back. He chose Florida. He has to perform. Um, you're right. He went on a run, but what has he done since? You know. No, and I was trying to pull it up of his stats in the playoffs. He, you know, you can say what you will about the Flyers in the playoffs, and they, you know, won a series in the bubble. But you know, he does need to at some point step up. And be that, and, and he doesn't have to be the guy, which is a positive to him. Of uh, whereas before he's been a points leader on the team, he's obviously the captain of the Flyers, and you know, being the guy who now is you know not necessarily the top dude is pretty big. But you know, looking outside of really since the early runs before he was the captain, 2014 seven game series, he had six points against the Rangers, one point in a six six game series loss to the Capitals. Three points in a year, he scored 100 points in the regular season against the Penguins, and then eight points in the bubble in 16 games. So, like, if he, being on the second line, can just step up and, or, you know, be a big part of that and collect assists, he had 20 assists in however many games. You know, that, that's really where his role can fit in there well, because you do have absolute killers on that team, like Barkov, like Huberto, you know, and yeah, I mean, who, who, Ryan Hart was the, who, yeah, Huberto was the best player in, in the regular season. Yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But you're right. Let's keep moving on. The Avalanche, I believe it's – yeah, that's the first game. Avalanche hosting the Nashville Predators. The Avs, my pick to win the Stanley Cup. We're going to go bold predictions. Don't get the President's Trophy by three points, but they do get the re- regular season Western Conference Championship. Playing the team that puts up banners 
for their regular season Western Conference Championship, the Predators. Preds coming in, last in the West, 97 points, in kind of a wacky final week of the season, ended up getting in over the Vegas Golden Knights, which, you know, I feel like all hockey fans rejoiced, all the different scoreboard stuff that we saw going through. What can we say about the cap or the, about the avalanche that hasn't been said a million times throughout the regular season? Incredible offense, really, really solid defensive core. Darcy Kemper has been really good for him, 2.54 goals against average, almost at ERA, and then a 920 save percentage. And then Frank Kuz is their backup, has been solid as well. Saros has been incredible. That's the one saving grace for this team. Their top points getter is Roman Yossi. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a really interesting series to see what the Predators bring out there. But I had the, the Avalanche winning in five. Greg, explain to me how I'm wrong. You're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Jack Johnson and Sam Gerrard, defensemen, I, you know, how, how good are they? You, know, you didn't even mention um, Kel McCarr. Well, I mean, no, I'm saying he, McCarr and McCarr. Taves are obviously yeah. McCarr and Taves, yeah. Um, I just feel like the way Darcy Kemper finished the season, their goalie for them, yeah, it makes this team so complete. Um, it's what they've been looking for the they, last couple runs. Yeah, 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 and they have the depth. They, have, I mean, Kadri's playing at an all-time clip and. Um, you know, uh, Nikushkin and Lekanen, you know, these guys are having all all time seasons, and you know, I think uh, Kadri is a free agent, so it's now or never, right? Um, I think uh, this is a team that in the years past has struggled to score in the playoffs, right? They've been the number one goal scoring team going into going to the playoffs, and they almost get shut down and disappear and they don't score. They grip their sticks a little tighter, just like everyone else does in the playoffs. And, and it shows, um, is this the year that they finally can break free and, and figure out how to do that? I mean, I think, uh, Nashville is Nashville is a team that Roman Yossi is playing is the best defenseman in the league this year. Oh yeah. Played that way at least, um, you know, Soros had a great year. Uh, Forsberg, Duchesne, this team can prevent guys from scoring, right? They can, they can, uh, they're not similar to Carolina because they don't do what Carolina does, but they are a defensive minded team. And if they can slow down Colorado, who has struggled to score in the first round or in the playoffs, proven to struggle the last three years in the playoffs, scoring goals, if Nashville can do that, which they're very capable of and they can slow down, slow down Colorado. Then I think, I think it's going to be a lot closer than, than people realize. Um, ultimately I think Colorado wins at the end of the day, they're just too good to not, but yeah, I think another that's, point, how, that's how, Nat, that's how national, that's how national wins because Colorado has proven that they can't score in the playoffs. I think something though, to keep an eye out for, especially just how many penalties were called last night, the predators took the most penalty minutes in the NHL and the, Avalanche power play. Technically, the Nashville power play has a higher percentage, but the Avalanche power play is incredible. So if they end up taking a bunch of penalties tonight, they come out a little physical, try to rile up the, the Avalanche and get called for it, this could be... The score could look a lot more lopsided than the game actually plays. Yeah, Mark, what do you got? I mean, the only chance that Nashville had of winning a couple of games was Cyrus, but he's not. He's out. Oh, not you're right. Yeah, playing. he's out. 
So he's done. So this is like, I think the better question that we should be asking is, will Kadri be suspended for the fourth playoff run in a row? <laughs> no, uh, what's his face? Clifford. Uh, what are the odds? He he took it. He is the 43. He, he got suspended. The internet told us that. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're it's exactly scary. right. I completely forgot Saros is out. I mean, you know, it's it's going to be tough. You know, they're, they do struggle. And I say that they're tw- they finished in 12th in the NHL and goal scored. But they do. They're a very defensive minded team, just like those Nashville teams leading up to eventually a cup run when they brought in Subban and he looked so good when he was when he was still there. But like their backup goalie, Riddich, has six wins, a goals against average of 375 and a save percentage of 886. Like just not good. And, you know, maybe they come out, they play a little tough and maybe, you know, shake the, you know, shake the, the avalanche a little bit here. But I don't know, Greg, you're you're a big guy of uh, teams that, that don't prepare the good teams for the next round well. Are you worried about that for the avalanche? No, I think Nashville's a perfect opponent because Nashville plays a defensive style and, and can get gritty and can flip the script. You're right, I think. Goaltending is is serious, but they'll adjust. They'll make the changes. But um, I mean, their next opponent is St. Louis or Minnesota, and there's no real way to. I mean, those two teams are physical. They have great goaltending, and not going to get that from. I mean, Nashville similar, but without Jar, without um, Staros, uh, you're right. Maybe they maybe they're not great for them. But I think I think they're similar styles in terms of that physicality. Their defense, sort of uh, at least. St. Louis, their defense runs the show just like Nashville. Yeah. With Yoshi, Yoshi being the best player <laughs> on the planet. But you have a guy, uh, you have Padre, you have McKinnon, you have Landeskog, like guys that can just slow him down, you know, if he's trying to be this, in front of the net this, that way. Or, you know, you have your wings that can good. that just keep up with him. So who knows if he, if he really can become a factor. If he can, you know, you might as well just hand him the Nor- leave the Norris right on the bench for him, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, their only flaws they don't have. Uh, I mean, Forsberg have, scored 40 uh, goals, and Duchesne both scored 40 goals. They don't have Jumbo goals. Joe. Yeah. They don't have Jumbo Joe, though. Could you imagine sure. Jumbo Joe on, on Broadway in Nashville? Oh, that'd be wild. That would be, that would be awesome. Awesome kind Let's of move thing. Let's move on. We got we, we to gotta get, get move on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we, we to gotta keep moving. All right, Dallas, Calgary, the final series we have not talked about. Calgary won the Pacific Division. The last time they did that, they got swept by the Avalanche. But Dallas comes in, a team that I think two of the three of us had get, making the playoffs, but kind of snuck their way in. Negative goal differential. This team does not score a lot of goals. Kind of the middle of the pack in terms of goals allowed. You know, it's a team that in Dallas that, you know, the Jason Robertson scoring 40 goals, That's that's a pretty awesome story to see, but I don't know. I know Ottinger played pretty well for him in goal and, and you know, they had their moments where they looked really good, but 21st in the league in goals for a not so good penalty kill, despite the fact that they, they allowed the least amount of penalty minutes in the NHL, but a Calgary team that for years we've been saying they need to step up. They need to, you know, just not just be this goal scoring team. And, and Markstrom's done that. So I've, you know, I have Calgary in five here. I know I have both one seeds winning in five games. This could be a six or seven, maybe even seven if, if Dallas plays the game they want to. But I don't know. It's hard to really sell myself and thinking that, that Dallas can make a serious dent in the series. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go 
next. Um, unless Mark, you feel strongly. Goudreau had 150 points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had an unbelievable season to Foley when what he first went over was yeah, unbelievable. You know, we'll see what he does. Blake Coleman has been good for them. Obviously Kachuk and you know, Noah Hannafin, a Boston guy, stud, Chris Tanev, you know, this team is just built for a run. Um, Tanev is such know, a solid defenseman. I feel like his brother gets yeah. to play because of the pictures, but Tanev is so good. The, the biggest issue is, is what are they going to get from their third and fourth line? Um, you know, the, the depth, there's a big fall off, Luchy's you know, truck picking people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has the experience. But I think, uh, you know, for me, Dallas, I mean, your your best players aren't Sagan and Ben, right? Yeah. They've been everyone everyone but those two. So if those two can find some – find their game that they have missed all year, this team is dangerous. You know, yeah, they have Ottinger, who's a young goalie, BU guy. Um, but, you know, sort of an unknown in terms of the playoffs – and, and here you are with, you know, your best line being Pavelski, Hints and, and Robertson, then Sagan and Ben have been nowhere. So we'll see if those two guys can find their game. And if they do, then this could be a much different series than people think. I mean, Dallas sure. is physical and, and Calgary in years past hasn't been, except for against uh, Edmonton. But, you know, like you said, they got Lucic, they have Kachuk, they have Coleman, they have Trafoli, they have some guys who can throw it around. Um, now defenseman and goalie, Jordy, theme of the podcast. Do they have it to win it all? You know, that's that's different pod, different day, but different pod, different day. But for this, you're right. I, th- I think Dallas can win if, if, if Ben and Sagan can, if do all things are clicking, they can year. steal a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, I mean, Dallas struggles to score goals, and Calgary is one of those teams that prevent it has been, uh, you know, doesn't let teams shoot and doesn't let. Don't doesn't let teams score goals. You know they, they keep everyone to the outside, so their game works. You know they 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 can limit Dallas to one or two goals a game, and, and their offense is too good to not win a one when the other team scores one. So yeah, totally agree. Mark, what Mark. are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I would just say um, remember what Dallas did a couple of years ago that playoff run that they had, making it all the way to Stanley Cup. You know, throw out the regular season, everything you know, um, it means nothing now. It's a whole new season right now. These guys have experience. Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan are more than capable of turning it on. It's a different style of play. Uh, Calgary, you know, yeah, great. They had a great regular season. They're about to blow up the team if they didn't. Um, I think Calgary's going to win, but I bet you it's it's longer than we all expect. And I think it's harder. It's going to be harder than Calgary expects. Dallas plays a boring style. Um, they have veterans, Pavelski, and all those other guys that I said, but. I, I, just, I wouldn't be surprised if it's very difficult for Calgary to get through. I think they're going to get through, but um, we, they were almost thinking about blowing up the whole team, right? Goudreau's we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, like, what Goudreau does, you know, depending on how this run goes, if it's a complete disaster, you really got to watch out if you're, the, if you're the Calgary GM. You were talking about with Edmonton, but this could be a completely different-looking team in six months when the, or – four months when the, the preseason starts. Isn't Kachuk up for something too? He's either a restricted free agent or a pending UFA, but yeah, he there is something out there that he, he could poss- possibly leave. 
Yeah, but Mark's right. I think this is their shot. This is their window. And if it doesn't doesn't happen for them now, then oh, if it doesn't happen for them now, it's it's they're in a dangerous position. But I mean, I think though to Mark's point that if this is a, a more serious series where Dallas plays physical, keeps it low scoring, and forces this thing to go go the distance to seven, even to six games, you know, it's probably a better warm up for either facing the Oilers or the Kings, two teams that play a little more physical. Again, we talked about Edmonton at the start, but. You know, it, it might be better for them in that regard than just running through a team and then waiting a couple, you know, a week or so to face, you know, either your biggest rival or a Kings team that is a young upstart team with a hot goalie. You know, it, it might be better if, if Dallas gives them a, a little bit of a scare. For sure. But Greg, um, you had some bold predictions you wanted to make. Yeah, let's make them, Jordy. All right. Well, you start. <laughs> Um, so I mentioned Drew. A bold prediction for you, Jordy. Okay. I think Washington. Uh, I think Washington. No, I don't think Washington will actually win a series, <laughs> but I think Washington makes it a, a lot closer than okay. people think. Okay. A real bold prediction, Jordy. Real bold prediction. Okay. I honestly have a I honestly have a feeling that Toronto might win the cup. Oh God. That was my bold prediction that I that I wanted to make earlier. If Toronto and I was avoiding the- it because you talked about how I have because because I, I have residency in Toronto. Like you look you look at the, okay, Tampa, they I mean they have the hardest road. They play, they have to play Tampa, then they have to play Florida, then they'd have to play Carolina or the Rangers or even the Penguins, whatever. They have the hardest road. And then they're going up against the Western Conference Finals. So, but to me, like those battle-tested type of teams are the teams that that win and succeed. Well, yeah, right. Capitals. You know, St. Louis, St. Louis had, that, had St. Louis had yeah. Capitals had the, the Capitals had that war of a series with the Penguins where they went to Game Seven in overtime, and then they had St. Louis Tampa. had the same thing. Yeah, oh, St. Yeah. Louis St. Louis's run thing. was incredible. So that's my point: is that they have the hardest road, and like I don't want them to win. Obviously, that's you know, one of the biggest rivals, but if ever a year or ever a time, they have the hardest road. They, they have the team, they have the goalie, they have the belief for the first time ever. And Marner finally scored a playoff goal. So (laughs) (laughs) it's now literally now or never. Um, And I think in the West, my bold prediction is Calgary. I feel like they go, I don't know that they beat Colorado, but I feel like they go to the finals, Yeah, which which has been, I feel like, something that I've been waiting for or wanting them to do oh, for I have a been while. Too. But yeah, um, yeah, I have a, I, I don't hate that Toronto pick of like if I had the the Leafs beating the Lightning, which I don't. I have the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Final, which might just be too bold because of as you mentioned, just so many games they've played in such a short period of time. Like literally, they won their first Stanley Cup in September and the second one in July, and now we're back here in the playoffs again. It's May. It's been eighteen months. And, but if I, I agree with you, I just don't think Florida has, they have depth, but the Bobrovsky X factor is so hard to sell myself on of them getting out of the second round that whoever wins this Tampa Toronto series, they're going to have a really good series against Florida. And obviously Toronto's goalies need to continue playing the way they did in the regular season, but I don't hate that prediction at all. I this is I don't believe in this bold prediction, but this is this feels like one of those fucking years that the Penguins nobody has any expectations for them, and then they go on a fucking run. 
feels like one of those. I've seen it. I've seen the book too many times to not a, it, at least acknowledge it. Um, I love the Calgary pick. I have Toronto or I have Colorado over Tampa Bay in the final. But, uh, you know, if St. Louis has the magic going, it, it wouldn't be crazy to think that they make Colorado sweat through a long series. There are a lot of people that are really high on the Rangers, too. Just something to keep it. I think this is the year yeah. where, like, you see it in baseball all the time where a team makes the playoffs and, you know, they, they're like a, a little too – they got there a little too early and then, like, a couple years later they they explode and go and win the win the whole thing. Like, Houston, a couple years before in the World Series, and I know, mm-hmm. obviously, all the, the scandal shit, but, like, they made the wild card and they won in, I think it was, like, 2014 or 15 – and then they end up like blowing a like two one series lead, and then a couple years later they go out and you know again scandal aside, but they win the World Series. Like this feels like that that kind of thing for the Rangers that they had this really good year, and there's a lot to build up to, and maybe they beat the Penguins, but like then they run into Carolina, and you know maybe they you know they make the playoffs next year, and then maybe in a couple years we see them on a on an absolute tear, and they're right where they were in the early two thousands with those Lundqvist teams. Yeah, Mark, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Greg, I, I love you. You're my cousin, but Toronto winning the Stanley Cup. They, <laughs> let's get out of the first round first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jack Campbell is the answer for their goaltending. Like, okay, he had a pretty good regular season. And he got a shutout last night. But, I, like, I, 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 I don't think they're going to beat Tampa. I don't think Vasilevsky is going to have that bad of a game. I don't think they're going to get shut out again. I think Cap is going to steal one on the road next, and then. No, so so it's a bold prediction. I, I don't yeah, yeah, I I, 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 respect, I I respect the yeah. boldness. That's why I, I, I just think, that's why I, I had to think... acknowledge the Penguins and that the bold predictions no, area. No. It feel, feel like I don't think this is that, but I, I've seen the the book too many times that I can't acknowledge it in the bold predictions uh, era. Plus, like I really you know, although they're beating the Rangers, I honestly, seven, I do have that. I. I no, I I want Jumbo Joe to win so badly, but this Carolina team they're so all good. season they're, <laughs> they're so good, so and they're so boring. It's gonna be Colorado. Uh, you know, what I want I want like I want or I want McDavid just to like go off or someone someone because like they're not playing. I mean, I guess they are playing superstars in the Bruins, but again, they're not like they're not gonna face anyone. Who's like a stud until the Panthers in the conference finals. No, they're going to play Sidney Crosby in the second so round. They're, the, Pen- the Penguins aren't beating the Rangers. I, I think Shesterkin is too good. And and wasn't he the one? Wasn't he the one who was waving to them and saluting them when when the Rangers beat them last time they played? Yeah, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was funny. I mean, I feel like with you, with, with the confident goalie, they can do anything. And I feel like he's no one's more confident than him against the Penguins. Um, and I can't give Jared any love, so <laughs> oh, I'm sure I, I would rather I'd rather pick Toronto. Than I'm sure he'll Jared he'll, 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 <laughs> he'll let you know. Yeah. Mark, you got um, any any bold thoughts you have? I wouldn't be surprised if St. Louis goes deep. Yeah, all the fair. way. That's fair. That's, that's fair. my bold prediction. Who went all the way? <laughs> I think St. Louis. I wouldn't be surprised. Fuck that. They they could be Colorado. Just give me PTSD. (laughs) 
Oh, PTSD. Man. Well, any other thoughts? Anything from teams that didn't make the the playoffs that you guys want to get out? Well, uh, we still have the opportunity to. Um, how about how I won the regular season playoff prediction award for the podcast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm the ultimate mush, so I was not winning that. <laughs> I mean, I had too much faith in through Jordy Bone with the Flyers, and I no, guess you both I did. You had them in the wild card. Mark and I both had them as like the three seed in the Metro. Guess I shouldn't have had them anywhere in it. I think what, what was another? I had another bold one that just fell flat. We all had the Penguins missing the playoffs. So that's egg oh the Islanders. Game. The Islanders made it close to the end. But the oh yeah, you guys had the Islanders me. winning the division, and I was like, they're going to finish in third because they're not a good regular season team, but they're going to go deep in the playoffs. So I was wrong there, but I had them lower than you guys. Uh, and then I had we all had the Atlantic. That was easy. Yeah, easy. That, Tough that was pretty teams. easy. In uh, the West. I feel like Mark or I had one of us had Minnesota. I had Nashville. I definitely did not have Dallas. I had Dallas, but I had him in like a wild card spot. So bully for me. Mark of the Kings. I had Vegas. Yeah, Yeah, Mark did have the Kings. Mark did have the Kings. That was huge. Good for you, Mark. What what about the Kings made you think Vegas was the year they made the playoffs? Vegas with all the injuries. Yeah, I heard like around the people, the guys in the league don't like Vegas. I heard that. I don't know why. Maybe because they rigged the system and got so good so quickly. They don't like the team or they don't like the organization? Sort of both. How it so all like free agents won't go there? No, but just like how it all transpired. Uh, how yeah. they, how much they benefited right away from all the poaching players and all the draft picks they got and how much success they had early on. But yeah, how about Eichel getting traded there and then they just still suck. Didn't they have the same record as the Sabres post-trade? Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's not a good look. No. All right. He's coming back from neck injury. They're going to be the best team. In, they're going to be the team. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Stone was hurt. Petrangelo got hurt a little they're gonna bit. Leonard got hurt. They're going to dominate. They, they can bring everyone back cap-wise. They're going to dominate next year. They messed up that goalie situation. They really did. Oh, yeah, for sure. They fucked that up. But What's any their other- plan now? Uh, I don't, I mean, we could really do it a cap friendly deep dive, but yeah, I think you're right. If, if the cap allows it for them to have, well, didn't they try to do, they had the whole data thing where they were trying to do the, they were trying to get some sort of like long-term IR. They tried to trade him, but they didn't get it in time and they got like screwed right. over that way. Right. At the trade. Deadline, um, there was that whole thing. So Mark, you officially have Panthers. Yes. Panthers versus who? Calgary. Oh, nice. that's like a the Canada team. The Canada team gets that far and blows it. How, yeah. How about that? The three Canadian teams make it and two of them would may have to play in the second round. Just unfortunate for our neighbors to the North. Uh, sorry. So that's a, that's a good prediction. I like that. Jordy, who do you have? I have Colorado over Tampa. Over Tampa. Yeah, All if Vasilevsky right. gets it going, he's the best goalie in the world, and he can shut down the best of them. We saw it with the Florida series last year where he just fucking turned the crank up and boom. Uh, oh, boy. I like that. Um, I think I want to pick Colorado, but I want to be different than than you. Damn. So I'm going to go. God damn, you guys took the good teams. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to do it. 
I'm going to have to take the fucking Carolina Hurricanes. I was thinking about it, Greg, <laughs> taking them. Against two. I mean, I have Colorado Carolina right now in the finals. Okay. Uh, and then I have Colorado beating Carolina, but I think I'm going to have to switch it just so we have a different, different team winning. I like Calgary a lot this year, but I think we all relatively have the force, the same four final teams in terms yeah, of Colorado, Calgary, Calgary Colorado. Tampa, Carolina. I have Florida over Tampa. Jumbo Joe, I can't believe you have the Panthers losing in the second round. I'm hoping the reverse jinx works. Nice. Jordy, we'd be reminiscent to, to not discuss your, your flyers for the followers and how they fired Mike Yo. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that was to be expected. Nobody really thought he was going to stick around after this year. Um, apparently Dave Scott, the president of the team who works for Comcast, uh, is retiring. And now some new guy who lives in LA and dates Olivia Wilde or no, Olivia Munn, Olivia Munn is apparently taking over, which, uh, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting if he keeps Chuck Fletcher on as the GM. Danny Briere has been the special assistant to the general manager. Emphasis on to the general manager. That's actually his title, not just a made up one like in the office. Uh, but everybody wants Briere to take over as GM. The Flyers have always had a knack for hiring former players in crucial roles, both in GM and coaching. But Briere has been around the team forever. He was their ECHL president and GM. And I think it's just, you know, learning in the wings to try to take over for that sort of uh, sort of position, which would be awesome to see. In terms of coaching, a lot of names have been thrown out. Tockett, uh, Ian LaPerriere, guys that have just been around the team for, you know, they played for the team. LaPerriere's been with the Penguins and successful runs there. It'll be really interesting to see who they hire as a coach. It'll be really interesting to see how they approach the offseason in terms of certain players that are there, um, players that are leaving, the cap space they have. Obviously, they cleared out some with trading Giroux, but now Couturier's extension kicks in, which he was hurt for most of this year, and you know, I, I hope he bounces back really well, and that would be great. You know, awesome two-way player that has always been, you know, a mainstay of the team when he's been healthy. The last serious health issue year, I think, was 14-15. So, how did, hopefully. How did Cam do, York do in the Phantoms last year? Why didn't they call him up? No, no, no he played a decent amount. Um, they set, they kept sending him down throughout this season, partially just out of stupidity of how they ran their defense, but also so that they could – get him enough games to be eligible for the AHL playoffs and the Phantoms didn't make the playoffs. So that worked out tremendously, but um, that was a big reason why. But then he, towards the end of the season, he was getting a lot more time uh, with the, with the flyers. The same with a lot of, a lot of guys that, that had been either in the Phantoms or guys, they signed a entry level contracts, Bobby Brink, who led the NCAA in points came in and had an assist in his first game. Um, Jackson. And I don't think Noah Cates did, but Jackson Cates came up or, Maybe it's Noah. One of the Cates brothers came up and, and played pretty well. He scored, I think, an assist in his first game in his home state in Minnesota, which is pretty awesome to see. So there's some young guys, but we've been, you know, for years we've been talking about different young guys that are supposed to be the next big thing and, you know, the player development just not being very great. So, you know, we'll see what they end up doing. They did, they're they the fourth worst team, so fourth best odds in the lottery. If the Kraken had gone to overtime, they blew a 3 nothing lead. To the Jets on the final day of the regular season. And if they had gone to overtime, the Flyers would have gotten third best odds. But um we'll see where they get where they go in the lottery and you know, go from there. And they said they want to do an aggressive retool. We've heard that before and have had expectations and you know, we'll uh we'll see what they look like in the off season. Um Mark, any uh 
chance the Flyers can turn around? I need like a top five pick, and guy needs to be like an absolute. Yeah, they need an absolute game stud. franchise. They need a fran- They need a couple franchise guys. Yeah, I mean, if they could, I think they need to get one. They haven't had an elite goal scorer in a really long time. Sorry for cutting you off, Greg, but like it, that's just like it's been such a huge difference for him. Like the Couturier year where he had like thirty five goals was great. And obviously he won the Selkie a couple of years ago where I think he had like 25 goals, a bunch of assists. Obviously COVID cut the season short, but like, you know, you need him to bounce back, but he's not that like 40 goal a year guy. And they haven't had that in a really long time. So they need something, somebody like that to Mark's point to try to really put the franchise back in the, the direction that, you know, we've all wanted for so long. Does uh, Jerusalem with them? I mean, he was really bummed to leave the team. Obviously, you mentioned it. He chose Florida over Colorado. I think Washington had a pretty good deal that was sent into the Flyers' way. And, you know, he he really loves Philly, and his wife loves Philly. His sons loved it here. And it'd be awesome if he came back, but you can't sign him for $8 million like you had his previous contract. You just, A, don't have the cap space to, and B, you know, it, it just really, you need him to take a, home, a hometown discount. You need to, if you want a, a guy of, you know, that level caliber, wherever you want to peg him in terms of, you know, whatever tiers and, and all that kind of stuff. But like you need to build other players around there. Depth has been a problem that seemingly was solved in the COVID year. And then it wasn't last year. It wasn't this year. And if you want to really aggressively retool that way, you need to do that. You need to get, you know, a solid defensive pairing and you Brian Ellis to be healthy. Um, and you just need to you, you need to get some help. I mean, Carter Hart had a really good year, and then statistically it took a nosedive towards the end of the season because the defense was just completely in shambles. And now you've re-signed Ristolainen into a longer deal, and you know it's they're just it's it'll be interesting to see what they do, what decisions they decide to make. If they decide we're going to have another year that's in the shitter, and they want to try to go after Bedard, that's going to be a buckle up and watch out how the Flyers try to do that way. Um, real quick, Mark, how did the Bruins win this series first round? Is, is Swayman the answer? The power play wakes up and yeah, I think that's the only way. Goaltending, I think I'm not as worried about, I think like Carolina's goalies need to play, not need to like not be as good as they've been. Like, I, I think those guys, I, I, are they that good, like Anderson and the, and the guy they played last night? Are they legit? Mm, no. If they Anderson. just came back to earth, if they came back to earth and our power play woke up, I think we can – that's the only chance. Anderson might be. And Marshawn to wake up. I mean, Anderson was incredible in the regular season, but to your point, playoffs have been uh, questionable for him at best. I was going to talk about the Flyers, and Kevin Hayes needs to wake up, and then, like, that. That's your Giroux point. Why would you want him? Like, he's not the same guy he used to be. He never won with them. It's a business. You can't fall in love with players. Like, yeah. you guys, when I think of the Flyers right now, I t- literally can't think of one, like, stud, like, go franchise player. Like, you guys need one. No, they absolutely do. The, the one thing, I did get some uh, insider info. Kevin Hayes had, like, three different abdomen surgeries. That's why he was out for so long, which has got to just be fucking tough. He looked okay when he came yeah. back, but that, that explains a lot. He's had a tough year. Yeah, really tough year. It was hurt for most of it. I mean, injuries just plagued the team. And good God, it was a tough year. 
But I think that's a perfect point to end. We will return for the second round. But, boys, this was a blast. I'm excited to watch the games tonight, see what ends up happening, and continue going from there. Go Love bees. it. Go Bees. Ooh. <laughs> Go Celtics. Oh, also, yeah. the Flyers are – the the 76ers are in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan plays 22 minutes – or, no, he played 17 minutes and was minus 22. And Doc Rivers is going to continue playing whether we like it or not. So, uh yeah, let's get Joel Embiid <laughs> to not be concussed and put. What's up with him breaking his fractural his bone in fucking his face? Isn't Pascal this like the Siakam time? elbowed him in the face, and Toronto cheered it and was chanting "fucking Embiid" the whole series. The douchebag Drake? commentator for her goes, "You get what you deserve." When Embiid did the fucking airplane when they went up thirty points, a bunch Toronto. of a bunch of fucking scumbags. But anyway, even Drake's chirping him when he's leaving. Oh yeah, Dr- yeah. Fuck Drake. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That's a different podcast for a different time. But everybody go you're, subscribe. You're, you're, you're starting to sound like me with uh, Mike Trout. No, Mike Trout. Did you see Mike Trout's triple when he had a check swing triple? Balls are juiced. Everyone knows that. All right. No, the balls aren't juiced subscribe. anymore. Let's the MLB announced it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Shohei Otani is awesome. I will never... You didn't listen to last. You uh, now I know you didn't listen to the last MLB episode when I was just talking about how you were wrong about Shohei Otani. Anyway, and I was never wrong. I didn't say anything bad about him. I just thought Vlad Jr. had a better year. I didn't say anything bad. I, it's a modern day Babe Ruth. One, two. I didn't listen last week because I was in the middle of no service country. Three. <laughs> Mark needs to leave. Yeah, I know. Mark needs to leave. And I four. Know. Four. Shohei Otani's modern day Babe Ruth. He just. Vlad Jr. had a better year, uh, statistically. Should have won the MVP. Incorrect. Terrible take. Let's wrap this up. Everybody go subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods. Tweet at us, ThunderBLG, Jordo9, if you want to have arguments with me about whatever in the playoffs. Um, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Again, subscribe to the podcast. But for Greg and Mark, I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the playoffs. And go Bruins. Go right. bees. Can you say anything? Go, <laughs> go Flyers. Go hockey. <laughs>